0: and Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com host. Should you give the Braun documentary a look? Is it better than Drive to Survive? Yes. Yes, it definitely is. Now, I remember the 2009 F1 season quite well. It was the first year it was on BBC and you could go I can get to watch Free Practice 1 without spending an arm and a leg on subscription services. It was really, really cool seeing all of these different sessions. But one thing that was really clear right from the get-go was all of the hubbub concerning the likes of Braun GP. That entire season was a blur. In fact, it was what got my wife into Formula 1, that particular race, the Malaysian Grand Prix, when everyone was just sitting there at the grid waiting for something to happen, and then Johnson Button won it, his second race on the trot. But let me tell you something. Any people who were concerned that this was just going to be yet another Drive to Survive clone with people that have no idea what Formula One is or try to hype it up with the likes of fake commentary just for the sake of adding a little bit of drama that wasn't present in the existing commentary, well, you needn't worry. This is all authentic. These are sound bites and snippets of commentary that I remember the first time around. It feels really genuine. And Keanu Reeves as a presenter and an interviewer, in fact, is really good. He does add a very good sense of levity, although for my taste, a little bit over the top. But then again, he is a hype man and he's just trying to make things a little more exciting. Maybe it's just something I really can't process properly because I remember seeing it the first time round. I bet if I'd not seen that season, I would probably be a bit more enthralled with all the drama and the speculation and stuff. But let me tell you all about the good stuff and the things that probably could have been improved upon. But first off, the good. I am absolutely thrilled that Rubens Barrichello was talked to because all the stuff that we've seen on the likes of Sky Sports has Jensen Button all over it. I mean, It's kind of understandable, really, because he's always around. He's part of the Sky Sports posse. And he is the guy who won the 2009 World Championship. That is fair enough. But I am really, really pleased to hear more from Rubens' side about the struggles that he was having, about all the stuff that he felt was going on against him, that the team were not really on his side. But one thing all of this that made it clear is that it really enhances the idea of Rubens Barrichello really being on that car throughout the entire season. It really makes Rubens Barrichello out to be an incredibly good driver and somebody you would want on your team. He is somebody who can adapt, very versatile. And there's not really that much of a time where he really struggles with the car. At that point in the season where Jensen sort of hits a curb and he seems to struggle almost or he doesn't have a good time of it Rubens comes to the fore and he gets his wins and it just looks really really tense like he could genuinely been a world championship contender and just to see that pain in particular where he had to spend 10 minutes away from everybody spoilers by the way but this isn't a really big one just to kind of compose himself before he could then go and congratulate Jensen his really good friend who stuck Together through thick and thin in the four seasons that they were together at Honda and then Braun. The entire situation is really fascinating as well. And there's some really cool cinematography, like at the beginning episode when they go to the board meeting about calling off the Honda project, and Nick Fry and Ross Braun are walking through Heathrow. They go into the meeting room. You turn the camera, and then there's Keanu right there, and they then continue the interview. It's like, ooh, this cinematography is really something special, really, really slick. You can definitely tell this is a passion project, and that Keanu Reeves, if he does not like anything about Formula 1, he is a really good actor. He is a really good actor. I wanted to say something a little bit more passionate, but I'm keeping it on the down low with YouTube. But this is definitely something you really need to take a look at, folks. Keanu is somebody who's really getting into it. And his ad hoc commentary and embellishing on what people say, it's relatively childish, but in a good way, in the sense that he's really getting animated and sort of going along with what he's thinking at the time, sort of what i do i can really relate to what keanu's doing he's like going, yeah and then this thing is like that and then the interviews are going like yeah yeah, yeah kind of he's a little bit intense but i suppose that's the kind of thing you need because that was a really intense season and i'm really liking all of the stuff we're seeing from not just nick fry ross braun and Jensen Button, but we're seeing the likes of Andrew Shovlin's environment, James Vowell's, before he then got the role at Williams, because this was all recorded around about the end of 2022, before he then got the Williams gig. And it was really nice to see all of the people that were involved in the Braun story, and the Honda development, and Ross Braun's direct involvement in the Honda project as soon as he got there. He's like, right, OK, forget the 2008 story. We're going to go with the 2009 car. It was a really shrewd decision. And all of the stuff they did to try and make things work. I had no idea that they were on that much of a fine line when it came to budget and that they were scrapping for sponsors all the time. You think that sponsors would have been coming begging to be on the Braun car. But no, it was really difficult. There were so many things that I found really, really fascinating. This is the kind of stuff in a documentary I want to see. The stuff I go, yep, okay, I remember what happened back then, but then, really? Wow. That was some really insightful stuff. And I'd also been listening to the Jensen Button audiobook, his biography, at the same time. So some things do tend to overlap, which is something I find really intriguing as well. I definitely think this is something that is worth your time, because it feels really authentic. There aren't those moments, like I said, in Drive to Survive, when they don't have things to embellish upon or essentially make up, and they then have to come up with fake commentary to try and judge things up and make the radio messages kind of go along with the narrative they are trying to spin. Fortunately, the latest season of Drive to Survive wasn't so bad on that front, but... It is historically bad. Season four was the worst, but there's really none of that here. There's a little bit to try and steer the narrative towards what they want to do. But you're talking about the minutiae here. You're talking about all the stuff behind the scenes that you may not have known about. And that is something really cool. But... One thing I definitely think they really could have improved upon is the ending. It kind of fizzled out at the end of it all. What I would have really loved to have heard about more is the story of what happened after the season, the talks with Mercedes, because they don't really go into much information about it, except the idea that Mercedes did have Braun's back if things were going well and they could sustain themselves for the long term. That was really interesting. I would have loved to have heard more from Ross about the deal with Mercedes, the situation with Jensen, and getting Michael Schumacher back, Michael's involvement in the story. And that was something that was really lacking. And maybe even the stuff about what for Ross it was like at that time in Mercedes, when he was in charge of the team, before Toto came in, and then Ross handed over the reins, and it went from there. About the idea of the 2014 project, about the evolution of Braun into Mercedes, and then the dominating force ever since then. Because this documentary really reminds to us, folks, that this car, the Braun BGP-01, or how many zeros you want, it then became the W05, and then to eventually the W11, you could easily reskin that Mercedes car into a Braun car, essentially, because a lot of the Braun staff are still there as part of the Grand Prix team. It may be called Mercedes AMG, but this documentary feels really homely. It feels really good. And to not have that part of the story in it. It's, it's unfortunate, really. But I suppose it's meant to be about that season specifically. And maybe you don't want to end it on sort of a Debbie Downer sort of an ending. But it's not really that much of a Debbie Downer sort of an ending because it went to a really good owner. Mercedes kept their word and Braun was still the leader and was able to produce a title winning car for Seven or eight times on the trot. That would have been something really nice to cover for maybe just a couple of minutes or something like that. And also, it's not really a big deal, but we had Mark Webber being interviewed about the Braun competition, but it's unfortunate that we didn't get the likes of Sebastian Vettel in there. But I suppose maybe because at the time they were recording it, he was still a current Formula One driver and he probably would have been very busy. But I'm surprised that Seb wouldn't have taken maybe like an hour out of his day to try and squeeze something in with Keanu Reeves, or maybe even after the season when he had retired, when he had a little bit more time. He could have talked about what it was like to get his first win for Red Bull, get Red Bull's first win, period, and then what it was like to go against the Braun car himself. Mark Webber's input was good, but having Sebastian there would have been interesting too. I'm kind of a little bit curious as to why Felipe Massa was there, but I suppose because he was the other starring narrative in that season with Luca Badoa, and then we got Vizie Keller in the car. We then had Ferrari coming back up to the four. We didn't really have anyone from McLaren either. It would have been cool if we had Lewis in there because you of his struggles, but these are little things, really. It's just it's not really a big deal. But one thing I really, really liked. We got that whole thing because we saw them filming at Silverstone with Jensen and the Braun car. That was cool. But what we got was also the same thing at Sao Paulo for Barrichello. When I saw that, I was like, they took some time out and went to the track with Rubens in his gear. That is amazing. Rubinho having his say in the story. Oh, that was so good. That was so, so fun. Just to see his involvement, his emotional side, because again, we really don't hear that much from Rubens about the subject, or at least not regularly. So to have this, a four part series on Disney Plus, that is amazing. And it, I'm just really glad it's there. If you're a fan of Drive to Survive and you started watching F1 because of it, this is something you definitely need to take a look at because this is one of the standout seasons of the last 15, 20 years. It's a season that you will never forget. I will never forget it just for the sheer upset that it caused. Seeing the one pound coin that Ross Brawn gave the president of Honda at the time, that was poetic, extremely. Oh, and then the mechanic, who was the guy who found out about the double diffuser theory. It, wow, just you talk to the guy who struck upon the idea. Brilliant. So, so good. So good. And this is something I really recommend to you folks. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. It is so good. It's pure. It's authentic or at least authentic as you can get in this era of hype. It just feels real. And it was really cool to relive that experience once more. Thanks for listening to my ladder ramblings. If you liked what you heard, do be sure to leave a five-star rating on your podcasting platform of choice. I really do appreciate it, and until the next time I traverse the ladder, I hope you have a pleasant day. Goodbye.